piece of junk. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Welcome to the Cultural Wasteland. I am your host, Aaron Dawson. And I am uh, co-host, Aiden McCauley. That's right. Joining me once again. This is round three, four, something like that, with you in the in the co-pilot chair. Yeah. Aiden McCauley, writer, filmmaker, other stuff. Oh, don't get all braggy on us, dude. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you my, <laughs> my whole life story. Um, so it was a big week in movies. Leo got the monkey off his back. You care? Uh, not really. I mean, like it's it's like it's more important for like internet culture. The fact that people can't just make the same joke over and over again. I know. I am sad actually because this was like. Do you, you ever watch The Office? I do not. Okay. Well, there was like. Uh, it was I think season one or two. They do this thing called the Dundee Awards, where like Michael gives everyone stupid awards at the end of the year, and like every year he gives Pam and Roy the longest engagement award. <laughs> and like Jim is like, "You gonna do that again this year? Like, you think that's a good idea?" He's like, "Yeah, it gets funnier every year, Jim. That's the joke." <laughs> so it's kind of like. I kind of felt that way about Leo not winning an Oscar. I'm like, oh, if he doesn't win again, then it's even funnier next year when he doesn't win. But, you know, he won, so. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just like, like, you can already see on some uh, websites, there's, like, the thing where they try to say, like, now let's make a meme out of Gary Oldman and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, no, you can't force that sort of thing. Like, Why is Gary Oldman never won? He's never won. See, See, now that's a shame. Yeah, that's like, because like, like Leo had a long time to win an Oscar. Like he could, you know, he's could. I mean, he was probably gonna win another one one day. I, I, you know, I think he he he'll he'll be around long enough to do that. But I kind of like the idea of like Leo not winning until he's like sixty five, and he just kind of stopped caring about like trying to win an Oscar and was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this movie because I want to. And then it turns out like it's a good role and he doesn't like over try and he just like does a good job. Yeah, it's kind of like when uh, when Martin Scorsese won Best Director. Yeah. And it was for The Departed. The Departed, yeah. And it just kind of felt like, like when you look back on his resume, you're kind of like, really? The Departed was the first time? Because it kind of feels like... Yeah, like not good, fellas. Not... Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Raging Bull. Yeah. King of Comedy. <laughs> Kundun. Kundun. I, I was expecting it for Kundun. Yeah, no. Uh, but I mean, The Departed's a great movie. I really like it. Yeah. Leo could have had, uh, had that career. Yeah. I kind of wanted Sylvester Stallone to win the Best Supporting Actor. Because, like, when's that guy going to get a chance? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just poor, poor Sylvester Stallone. He's been putting in the effort every decade for the last 150 years. He just, he, he really deserved, <laughs> he deserved a big win. Yeah. And I was, I was sitting there in anticipation for him to win an award for the movie he barely wanted to make. Yeah. And that he had to be convinced to make 
It's like he put all that effort into making Rocky even exist. Yeah. And then he just barely allowed Creed to exist kind yeah. of out of pity. Well, look though, like honestly, when I walked out of uh Creed from the theater, I was like, you know what? Sylvester Stallone did a really good job. Like he's probably going to get nominated for an Academy Award. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I would also not be surprised if they completely overlooked him because they don't pay attention to these kind of movies, but then they nominated like Mad Max for best picture and I was like, "Oh, well, okay." <laughs> Well, Mad Max kind of felt like the movie, like uh, like Star Wars in 1977, where it's the movie that you have to acknowledge because everyone universally loved it. Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, Star Wars was actually such a groundbreaking film when it came out, right? Because, like, no one had done special effects like that at that point. And, and, and then on top of it, there was also the cultural gravitas of, of how universally loved it was. So... I was honestly surprised by Mad Max getting nominated because I'm like, it should be nominated, but probably won't be because it's a sci-fi action film. Right, okay. But then it was, so I was like, good on the Academy. But you were su- uh, surprised that uh, Creed didn't get more attention? A little bit. Um, Not really. Like, I heard some people making a case for... Uh, Michael B. Jordan to be nominated for Best Actor, and I was like, yeah, no, like he he did fine, like he is, he did a great job, he's a good actor. But I don't know if it was Oscar worthy, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I just I just picked up the Blu-ray actually, uh, yesterday. I'm gonna watch that again this weekend. I think I'm looking forward to that. So. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I need to get around to buying myself a new Blu-ray player. Uh, mine broke several months ago, and I have never bought a new one. Gotta have that, man. Because I just have Netflix. Don't let the digital thing win. That's my biggest fear, is that one day I won't be able to buy a Blu-rays anymore. I mean, I'm already running out of shelf space. Like, it's a it's a serious problem. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of shelf space that I'm that is being taken up by Blu-rays alone let alone all my DVDs. Like, like my Blu-rays are in my room. DVDs are in the basement. Right. And What happened to the VHSs? Uh, they're in the basement, too. Oh, my God. I, gotta, I still buy VHS periodically. You gotta have a horrifying basement. Yeah. Do you actually have a basement here? I don't. Oh, okay. I, I, said, I said you've got a house. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. I was like, holy crap, where is the basement in this place? That'd be amazing. I mean, obviously below us, but... (laughs) (laughs) Where is the basement? I just like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Downstairs, idiot. Um, Yeah, no, every now and then, I I like to always, when I go to a thrift shop or something, I like to scour the the VHS section, because every now and then you find something that you just probably won't ever find on DVD or Blu-ray. Like, I found... um, Richard Chamberlain in The Born Identity. It's a TV miniseries from, like, 1982. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can't see that on Blu-ray. Exactly. <laughs> like, weird stuff like that. Or, like, a French animated, like, art house film produced by and distributed by Roger Corman. I can actually really easily see that on Blu-ray for some yeah, reason. <laughs> Like you know, weird stuff like that. So it pays. VHS is having like a weird comeback in some places. 
Like I know in like did you ever watch Rewind This? I did not. Okay, it's a really it's kind it's a pretty cool documentary. It's about um like the whole history of home video and and really focusing on VHS, but like places like like Austin, Texas, there's like a whole bunch of like VHS nerds and like they have this thing at the um it's like a video cl- club that they watch movies on VHS at the Alamo Draft House mm. and stuff like that and like companies like Mondo are releasing new movies on on VHS like House of the Devil got released on VHS a couple of years ago and um Miami Connection do you remember have you heard of that movie uh that sounds really familiar it was like this 80s ninja movie that someone found in a drawer in like this old office they found a print of it and it had never been released and they released it i think in 2011 2012 something like that um and so you can buy on the mondo website you can buy the vhs of it that's pretty cool it is pretty cool i i kind of i'm like okay well the blue i want to get a copy of it and i'm like the blu-ray would be more practical to have but the VHS just for some reason just seems so much more authentic to be able to watch that kind of movie you know what I mean yeah there's a there's a couple of movies that kind of feel like they belong on VHS for whatever reason like uh I don't know like I didn't really like um the hateful eight but I could totally see the hateful eight as like a two-part VHS tape yeah on the two tape the big fat box thing yeah, yeah where you like you watch the second tape like a whole bunch and then every now and then you're like you know i'm having a lazy day i think i'll watch the first half as well yeah. <laughs> there's a couple of friday the 13th movies that i think are better if you watch them on vhs specifically parts three and five uh and seven i don't know it's been so long <laughs> since i've seen them on vhs i can't really remember but it's just kind of like uh actually you know uh not so much three but yeah five and seven definitely when you watch them on vhs you're like all right this is weird and cool but also this like this is kind of the way this movie was supposed to be watched like you kind of feel like you're in the 80s and you're like (laughs) watching this movie like you know at night when your parents aren't around or you know they're sleeping and you're like gonna sneak downstairs and watch a horror movie on vhs or something like that you know yeah you feel like you're kind of getting away with it a little bit in a weird way yeah because there's like there's like this weird like tangible history to a vhs tape kind of like if you get one you know secondhand and you put it in and it's got like the lines going up and down you gotta like adjust the tracking and like some parts are worse than others and like if you see, like, it start to, like, you know, uh, flicker out in and out a little bit, you see the lines start going, you're like, oh, okay, this is the part that someone watched over and over again. Like, I have a, I have a VHS tape of Friday the 13th Part 5, and uh, the the part where the, the girl gets stabbed yeah. through the eyes with the, the hedge clippers and then snapped, like, right before that happens, like, it just starts deteriorating you're like oh some pervert (laughs) rewound this so that he could see tits and then just so many times (laughs) uh, just like ruin the tape (laughs) it's just like irritated like god damn it the fucking like pre-existing lines on the tape perfectly somehow managed to cover everything he was trying to pause yeah (laughs) uh good stuff the uh the I remember I never uh, I never owned Friday the 13th uh, VHSs uh 
I remember renting them from a uh, video store in my youth called uh, Robotronics. Nice. Which was just like the perfect fucking name. But uh, it was also the only video store that had like a great collection of just like, uh, like not even that obscure, but just like, like most video stores would have like one Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But this was the only store that had like all of them and they were on VHS and uh, they also had all of the Friday the 13th and uh, I remember uh, the Paramount logo that uh, begins the Friday the 13th movies with that like I don't know if you call it a sting but that sort of cue at the beginning yeah and then you see the very the very pale Paramount logo that just kind of pops up and uh, I don't know as I can remember very uh, distinctly that sort of tangible quality of that logo and that music on uh, yeah. that system. See, you and me, we have very different childhoods because the Paramount logo to me means that an Indiana Jones movie is about to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I, I think of uh, p- the Paramount logo and uh, Indiana Jones, and I just think of a little CGI gopher hill. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you know, it's... Uh. You know what? I own that movie. I have never watched it other than the time I saw it in theaters in 2007. 2008. 2000. You sure? Yep. Oh, okay. Whatever. It was that long ago that I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, oh my god, now I'm starting to second guess myself. <laughs> pretty sure it was 2008. I'm pretty sure it was the movie, one of those uh, in-between movies for Shia LaBeouf's career. Yeah, where it was between Transformers in two thousand seven and Transformers two in two thousand nine, one of those movies. It was like that and Eagle Eye were his uh, two thousand eight movies. <laughs> Eagle Eye, yeah. DJ Caruso, the movie he did after Disturbia in two thousand seven. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I liked Disturbia actually. I did too. It was a. Uh, it was good. It was a weird movie to watch because I couldn't tell if they were just. Like, if you want to remake Rear Window, just call it a remake. Yeah. So that I can sleep at night. (laughs) 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 I couldn't tell if it was a remake or if they were just getting away with ripping it off. But, um, yeah, I like Disturbia. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I own Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I haven't watched it. And that's only because I bought the box set. Mm. Um, And it was on Boxing Day a couple years ago. And I honestly had to, like, stand there in, in the store and be like... Do I really want to buy the box set? It has Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in it. Do I really want to do this? I like I could buy the individuals. They're right over there, but it is technically cheaper for me to buy. Like I think it was like thirty bucks to buy the box set, and then like the individuals were like fourteen ninety nine each. Ugh. So I saved like fifteen bucks by buying the box set, and I was like, ah, the box set has more bonus features. So you are now the proud owner of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and three other movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good for you. Yeah, pretty much. CGI go for Hill. And then I watched the behind the scenes on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull cuz I wanted to like <laughs> find out what they were thinking and like Steven Spielberg totally throws George Lucas under the bus. 
Yeah, like multiple times. Yeah, he's like, no, I didn't want to do this. I'm done. I'm done with it, George. I finished, like, you know, they ride off into the sunset. It's the perfect ending to the trilogy. I don't want to make this movie. Please don't make me make this movie. (laughs) And then George Lucas is like, well, I mean, we could do something with, like, spaceships or something. Because it could be, like, if we move it into the 50s, then it could be, like, a 1950s B movie. And he's saying, like, no, I don't want (laughs) aliens. I don't want to do an Indiana Jones movie with aliens. Which is, like, here's the thing. You could do a cool, like, throwback 1950s B movie alien invasion movie but keep it out of my indiana jones i don't (laughs) want chocolate and my peanut butter like they're good on their own i do want chocolate and my peanut butter for the record it's a tough argument for Um, the record i do i'll get right on that fine Um, i don't want uh whipped cream on my steam fried (laughs) 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 no see you're saying things that i do want (laughs) i don't want whipped cream on like my chicken chow mein Keep, just, them, keep you, them separate. You just thought dick the whole time you were saying chicken chow mein, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, moving on from my dick. Um, you see the Ghostbusters trailer? I uh, I did, and I think it is uh, a great step for um, diversity in casting and in uh, the marketplace. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A wheezing ghost has passed through. <laughs> The uh, podcast quarters here, but uh, no, I think it's it's a great thing for diversity in casting and in broadening the spectrum of humor that people can expect from the Ghostbusters franchise. And uh, you know, I think it's just the logical next step for that franchise. I'm really happy. Uh, I'm happy to have been provided with a uh, first look at it. Is that how you actually feel, or are you just trying to undercut what I'm about to say? <laughs> You know, well, what are you about to say? I like, fucking hated that trailer so much. Oh my gosh, what? Why? Uh, you know, uh, Ghostbusters is one of the greatest comedies ever made, and this looks like a piece of shit <laughs> with no jokes in it. And I'm embarrassed for Kristen Wiig that she's a part of it because she's better than this. So, uh, no one else in the movie is better than this, but Kristen Wiig is better than this. Yeah. Oh, actually, Chris Hemsworth better than too. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, just for a little context, uh, my perspective on this thing is like I don't give a fuck about Ghostbusters. It's uh, good, and it's fun, and I understand that it's good and fun. But it's a bit like um, Star Wars for me, where I'm like, it's good, but it doesn't like connect to my life emotionally i'm not like if if they announced like you know some crazy alternate version of ghostbusters that's you know entirely an animated musical or whatever i wouldn't be like oh holy, you holy shit dude that <laughs> sounds great <laughs> yeah i mean like let's get that it's yeah all it's the finding nemo guy <laughs> andrew stanton yeah it's uh <laughs> but yeah it's like it's one of those franchises where i'm just kind of like it's good, but I don't care if it gets worse. So yeah, well, here's the thing: like the the first Ghostbusters, I think is like is fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies. The second Ghostbusters, eh, not so great. Um, but like I, I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. Like I love all those movies that those guys did in the '80s and stuff. Like um, you know, all the Harold Ramis and Bill Murray movies, like Stripes and Caddyshack and and those kind of comedies. Um, so. Uh, and and Ivan Reitman I think is is fantastic as well. So for, uh, for me to be like okay, so you go one from Ivan Reitman to Paul Feig, 
and you cast Kristen Wiig, who I think is great, and then three other people who I don't care about, one of whom specifically I do not like at all and don't think she's funny, and that's Melissa McCarthy. Like, when she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Bridesmaids, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, really? That, that? Like, I I don't know what it is about her. I do not find her funny. And I watched this trailer, and I was like, this is why ISIS wants to kill us. Because uh, we keep making shit like this. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I thought it just looked like a fine and dandy. It's just, Ugh. I mean, like, here, here. I did not laugh once. I predicted most of the jokes. Like I was like, "Oh, she's gonna get thrown up on," and then she's gonna make a weird comment about how it got like in her crack or something, and she did. And I was like, "Oh, she's gonna slap the ghost out of her," and then and then she's gonna slap her. Yeah, okay, she slapped her again. That's great. And I like I, Leslie Jones is like the least funniest person I've ever seen ever. And I don't know who the other person is in that movie, but <laughs> I, I've never heard of her before. I think they are from SNL. Is that where they're from? I'm I'm not sure. I mean, like, basically, if you pitch that movie to me as uh, Paul Fe- Paul, I always confuse Feig? him. I always come fault. Uh, I always confuse him with uh, Kevin Feige. Um, yeah, Paul Feig. Paul Feig. If you told me like Paul Feig and Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are making, like, a Ghostbusters parody. Yeah, then you're like, okay. Like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Good for you. Good for them. But, and that's uh, what it kind of looked like to me. Like, it kind of looked like a Ghostbusters parody. Hmm. Okay. Because, like, they've got, like, Chris Hemsworth as the, like, Annie Potts or whatever. Like, the, we got one! You right, know, Like, yeah. the receptionist. And... This is oh, this is the controversy of the week on the internet. Is why is the black girl the not a scientist and the loud, angry black woman who quote unquote knows New York, aka she's street. Like you know, because like Leslie Jones, like you guys are all scientists and I know New York, and like this is the big controversy on the internet. I was like, why did they make the black girl not a scientist? And I'm like, okay, well, that's maybe justified. But also, why does anyone care? This movie looks like shit. That's the bigger problem for me. I don't know. That's the bigger problem for me. Fuck you, okay? <laughs> like, oh. You should write a song about how much you hate this movie. <laughs> Fucking despise. This, like, oh. like, if you put a gun to my head and you're like, all right, you can either see the new Ghostbusters for free or you can pay $100 to see the old Ghostbusters, I would pay $100 10 out of 10 times. I thought the alternative option was going to be getting shot in the head, given the gun to the head scenario. Well, if I don't choose, then I oh, get okay. shot, right? Like, yeah. you got to pick one. Or you'll be shot in the fucking head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of like, it's one of those things in pop culture where it just kind of happens, and I'm like, okay, fuck it. Like, like when they announced, like, there's going to be a uh, an animated Spider-Man movie in 2018. I'm just kind of like, okay, good for you. Okay, okay, but isn't that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller? I heard that, but they're also supposed to be doing uh, the Han Solo spinoff that same year. Yeah, so maybe they dropped out of that? Yeah, I haven't. Because I I was excited for that. I was like, ooh, animated Spider-Man with Lord and Miller. That gets me excited, other than... Like, yet another reboot of the live-action Spider-Man with a 17-year-old kid and the guy who directed Cop Car, which I haven't seen, so I can't really 
comment on that. But yeah, he also he also directed a horror movie from 2014 yeah. called uh, Clown. Yeah, sure you know what? Actually, that. I'll give him a pass because Marvel's been really good at at picking directors. Like, no one would suspect the Russo brothers would direct one of the best action movies of 2013, 2014, 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys really. Like they they came out of nowhere and they they well, directed not TV nowhere. comedy like that's what they did and then they knocked it out of the park with Captain America Winter Soldier so and, and it's also yeah. like it's it's doubly impressive that they did a great job with that movie because like no one even like cared or wanted that movie to be good yeah like it was just kind of like of the movies of Phase Two. Uh, Captain America 2 felt like the one, like the tag along that has to get a sequel just because it would feel weird for them to leave him behind. Yeah, kind of. Because like the first the first Captain America wasn't like super well received. I, I enjoyed it, but I know there are a lot of people that were like, ugh, that was rough. Well, it's just it just kind of feels like, remember this guy because he's important later. Yeah, like, he's important in the next movie that we're doing. We're just going to kind of shoehorn him in there. Yeah, and like... Thor was kind of the same way, but Thor like also had Loki, and uh, yeah. Captain America kind of only had Steve Rogers. Uh, with the, I mean, I know they also had uh, Bucky Barnes and uh, Peggy Carter. Peggy but Carter and Howard Stark. Well, like, has he come back really? Besides, like, cameoing in the Agent Carter show. Uh, not that actor. But the character of Howard Stark did show up in Iron Man 2 in the the prior video. To, and prior to Captain America. Oh, right, yeah, prior to Captain America. But he also showed up in Ant-Man at the beginning. Oh, right, yeah, I remember that now. Um, talking about getting the Pym particles and stuff. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, the first That's actually another movie. Like, Who would have thought that the director of Yes Man and Bring It On would make a really solid superhero movie in Ant-Man? Uh, like, not a lot of people. No, I mean, yeah, I disagree about that. He's kind of, to me, he's like, well, sure, how could he fuck it up? He has, like, no creative voice or distinctive style. Like, those, like, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, to me, is just, like, point the camera at the stuff that's happening and let the Marvel VFX guys finish the movie for you. Like, Yeah, but, I mean, the Russo brothers didn't really have that voice either. Like, you know, like they came from like happy endings. No, I feel like they had a uh I feel like they had a distinct understanding of like the tone. Oh yeah, no, they they did. Like once you got into the, the movie you see like, Oh yeah, these guys did a great job. But like like with Peyton Reed it's kinda like Well, I don't really understand why you would hire this guy, but then I don't know. I thought Ant Man totally worked. I don't know. Ant Man to me kinda felt like you could have hired like a drunk Adam McKay, and it would have worked like just any. Well, I guess Adam McKay isn't a great choice since his movie was nominated for Best Picture this year. So it's kind of like, well, of course you could have gotten Adam McKay, but yeah. Um, so what you didn't like Ant Man? It's not that I didn't like Ant Man. It's just that there's like nothing in Ant Man to engage me. It's just like I watch it, and it's like watching. It's like watching a two-hour trailer for an Ant-Man movie, and I'm like, yeah, that'll probably be good. Oh, it's over. Okay. Like, you know. Oh, really? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I know, everyone. Everyone <laughs> everyone really enjoyed it. I'm just sitting here like, okay, yeah. It's just, like it's, it's better than Thor 2. 
everything's better. Not everything's better than Thor 2. But uh, yes, it is better than Thor 2. Yeah. Thor 2 sucks. It's like the one blemish on Marvel's otherwise mostly perfect record. That was an odd sentence. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, like, it's... Everyone talks about Marvel having this really great record, but to me, I'm like, they're, like, pretty hit or miss. It's like, you know, Iron Man, fuck yes. The Incredible Hulk, nope. Um, Iron Man 2, not really. Um, now, see, that's what I don't get. Like, why does everyone hate on Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2 is a solid fucking movie, dude. It's just okay. It's not yeah. nothing special. And then uh, yeah, but like Thor, it's fun, but nothing special. Captain America, you're just like, okay, just show me the Avengers already. I'm primed for the Avengers. Every one of these movies has just been build up for the Avengers for the last two years. Just give me the Avengers. Then you get the Avengers, and you're like, fuck yes, thank you. This is awesome. And then you're like, Iron Man 3, uh, fuck you, Shane Black. Disagree. Best Iron Man movie. Worst. And uh, then you get uh, Thor 2, and it's like, well, I like Loki. And then uh, Captain, Captain America, America, the Winter Soldier, fucking surprisingly, the, like, the second best one yet. And then uh, you get Guardians of the Galaxy, really, really fucking good and fun. And then Age of Ultron is just kind of like... Yeah, okay, good for you, Joss Whedon. I'm glad to see her working. And then uh, Ant-Man is just, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, like, whatever. I think the thing that you do with, you got to give Marvel credit, though, is, like, none of them have been, with the exception of, I think, I would say, Thor the Dark World. None of them have been awful. Like, how, like, would, are are there any uh, any movie on that list that you would, like, never watch ever again? Uh... I, like, don't ever really want to see The Incredible Hulk again. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that one. It's it's all right. I caught some of it on TV the other day. Watched it for a bit. It's not that I never want to see Ant-Man again, but, like, I have no reason to ever. I'm just kind of like, all right, that's... He was not Ant-Man, and now he's Ant-Man. I got it. I got, I got the basics yeah. for Civil War. Yeah, yeah. I just watched Ant Man again the other day. Thought it was pretty good, um, but yeah, like there's no movie on there. Like I will probably never watch Thor: The Dark World ever again. Yeah, I hated that movie. <laughs> I ca- like I came out of that theater and I was like, oh my gosh, that what is going on? Like this Guardians of the Galaxy movie better be good, or else Marvel is gonna fucking train wreck so hard. And then Guardians turned out to be awesome. Avengers was. Less than I wanted it to be. You mean Age of Ultron? Yeah, yeah. Age of Ultron was less than I wanted it to be. Uh, Ant-Man was... I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did because I was expecting it to be terrible because uh, the whole Edgar Wright thing. Like, I was super pumped for Ant-Man. Really not pumped for Ant-Man. And then surprised by how good it turned out. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of that actually has to do with Paul Rudd. The one, the one kind of admirable thing about Ant Man, in my estimation, is like the fact that Edgar Wright could have abandoned the project after like a week into shooting, and it wound up being like anything short of a train wreck is really impressive. Yeah, because like Alan Taylor was there throughout Thor two, 
Yeah. And it still wound up being like, why are we here, guys? Like, what are we doing? Like, like the Thor of the Dark World accomplished nothing. It felt like one of those movies where it's like, well, we have to put a sequel together for Thor for phase two. So let's make a movie that has no consequence to anything and we'll enter we'll enter uh oh fuck. What am I? We'll introduce a uh another infinity stone. Oh yeah, the Aether. Or like the that Aether. that sh- that could have been a short that you put out online. Yeah. Where it's just like hey collector, like it could have been like a preview for Guardians of the Galaxy. Where it's like, "Hey collector, we found this infinity stone." Keep it safe. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. And then he's like, okay. And then you put a little thing. It's like, check out Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy coming, you know, this August. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that was the whole point of Thor 2. I'm not, like, Thor 2. Again, it's one of those movies like Ant-Man where I'm just kind of like, like, I'm not angry, but I also didn't love it. I'm just kind of like, okay, yep, good for you. So, anyways, the point is... I'm really dreading Ghostbusters. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like probably the most accurate response from me is that I'm just gonna be like, it was like mostly fine, but I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: they could come out with another trailer that has a bunch of funny jokes in it later, because this is just a teaser, right? Yeah. So they could come out with a bunch of of funny jokes in in the next trailer, and I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll change my opinion, but. Ooh, it looks rough. Like, visually, it looks great. Like, the ghosts look fun. It's, like, bright and colorful. Kind of looks like it was directed by Sean Levy. I don't know who that is. It's the director of The Night at the Museum Movies and Real Steel. Oh, yeah, okay. It looks like one of those, just like, Sean Levy could have directed Ant-Man. I wouldn't have noticed. It's just like a, he's just like a perfectly average, yeah, decent, respectable director, and, like, and like I don't mean to diss Sean Levy, I think he's probably a fine guy, but um You don't know that. He might kick puppies. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all might kick puppies. It's uh, yeah. Meth is a hell of a drug. But <laughs> um yeah, I mean the uh yeah, the design of the ghosts in um the Ghostbusters trailer just kinda looks like Everything about the movie kind of just looks like competently fine with this layer of just like a couple of people's preferred sense of humor on top of it. Yeah, it kind of looks like that Goosebumps movie that came out a while ago. That didn't happen. No one saw it, so it didn't happen. Didn't it get like kind of decent reviews, though? I don't know. I'm just pretending to hate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the ghost. But I remember the, watching. Like I think I saw like the Schmoes review, and I think I can't remember. I think it was Chris Stuckman also did a review, where he was like, "Yeah, surprising. Like, like I didn't hate this movie. I went in expecting to absolutely hate it, and it was like, it was all right." I feel like those are probably the reviews that the Power Rangers movie is gonna get. Okay. What is the deal with the Power Rangers movie? Is it for kids or is it like gonna be like a like grown up kind of Power Rangers movie or I really have no idea because I like I know people who are like kind of close to the thing and they've like talked about the fighting style of the movie and how it's like inspired by the raid and I'm like 
well, The Raid is like the best action movie ever made. Yeah. What yeah. what the fuck? Like Power Rangers is not the be- Power Rangers is not like a good action story. No. It's well, just like watch these colorful characters punch monsters for 22 minutes. Well, here's the thing. Like when I saw the first Avengers, I was like you could totally do a Power Rangers movie like that. Yeah. Where it's like fun action like it's kind of violent but like you could take your kids to it and also adults could enjoy it and like it doesn't have to be like a hard r gritty reboot like you know the dark knight power rangers movie like no one is asking for that well i'm sure there are people who are asking for that but yeah well there was that addy uh I think it was Adi Shankar. The Adi Shankar thing. Yeah. yeah, that was and that was cool. Like that was a fun thing, but I don't know if I want to watch it, you know, a two hour movie. Yeah. Like that. Um but like do like a solid like PG maybe PG thirteen in the States. Their rating system is different than ours, but like, you know, like a solid PG action movie. If you look at the uh the kind of uh color scheme of the Chitauri in uh, the Avengers from uh twenty twelve they're very much like the putty, the putty patrollers from uh, which is so fucking silly that they're called that, but the uh, yeah the putty patrollers from uh, it's really Power stupid. Rangers. <laughs> but like you imagine, like just give a give a uh, uh, you know digital animator like five minutes with his computer, just like yeah, I'm gonna make these putty patrollers really hardcore, and then he comes back and it's like oh yeah, they look just like the Chitauri. Awesome. Yeah. It's so, uh so th- like that's what I want to know like is that what they're going for or is it going to be like really geared towards kids like like the show I feel like uh I mean the Power Rangers movie is weird to me because it's kind of defined by how much money they're giving it Yeah like I think I heard at one point they were trying to make it for like 50 million dollars Okay and well, I I was like well that kind of sounds like that's like a dread budget, right? Well, I don't know. Deadpool was only fifty or sixty million dollars. Yeah, but Deadpool like can do things that Power Rangers can't to make up for the fact that it's a bit smaller. Sure, sure, but I mean, yeah. So I don't know, like fifty or sixty million dollars. That I feel like that's a respectable budget. Yeah. Um, Power Rangers to me. Like to me, it's kind of obvious what you need to do with Power Rangers. You just need to treat it as if, like, our generation, like, grew up with Power Rangers in pop culture. Yeah. And like the way that our generation grew up with Power Rangers in pop culture as like these fictional things, you take that same demographic and you say, "What if these were actual people?" And then you just say, "Like, okay, well." This kind of, you know, self-referential, kind of ironic, but, like, ultimately well-meaning generation gets the ability to punch monsters in the face. And uh, just make it kind of lighthearted and fun, and uh, all of the villains, like, like they attack stuff and they blow stuff up, but you never see anyone, like, fall over dead. And, uh, I don't know, it just seems, like, tonally it feels like kind of a obvious thing to me like you just make it light and fun and like kind of like the uh i don't know like the i actually don't care for this movie that much but uh like in super eight 
if you remember near the end of that movie, there's a moment where uh, some of the kids are uh, injured while the town is getting blown up. Oh, yeah. And, like, you see that there's, like, blood on their face from, like, some sort of scratch. And, like, that's fine. It's not, like, considered a dark and gritty movie. It's just, like, understood, like, you know, they just got scratched. And yeah, that, yeah. And so, that's like, kind of... It doesn't need to be Daredevil. Yeah. It, it needs to be, like, Iron Man. Yeah. Or the Avengers or something like that, where it's, like... It's like blood. Blood exists yeah. in the universe, but it's not like, like splashing. Yeah, like a like a fun action movie that, like adults will like, but you like also kids will enjoy as well. So yeah. it's not just like, oh, we're doing like a big feature length version of the show, and like that's what I have not been able to figure out. Like I assume they're going, like the more like adult oriented or like like teenager oriented way because like they cast elizabeth banks as rita repulsa which kind of feels like a hunger games crowd approach exactly yeah so like make it like the hunger games that's actually a pretty good please don't make it like that (laughs) no because the last hunger games movies fucking sucked but um i feel like kind of the first one sucked but oh really i actually i liked each of them better until i got to the last one and then i was like oh this is awful. Yeah, the uh, I mean, I could go on and on about the Hunger Games, yeah. but basically, the third book is kind of the weakest. So I kind of predicted that the, the last one would be the least popular. And they just stretched it out. Um, but but, but yeah, yeah, like Rita, like uh, Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa is kind of like, well, that's like dream casting. Yeah, and that'll be great because she'll get to chew the scenery and and go crazy cage it up yeah oh she can go full cage man they need to get oh man can you imagine they got nicholas cage as lord zed is that I what can. you were thinking i just imagined yeah. that oh my god <laughs> 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 oh and they like they don't even show his face the whole movie they just no. like dress him up and make him wear the silly helmet and just like you think like so did he just do the voice like no he was in there every day <laughs> oh that would be awesome yeah so Nicholas Cage as yeah. Lord if the producers Zed. are listening to this, get Nicholas Cage as Lord Zed, please. Cage for Zed. He'll hashtag Cage for Zed. He'll do anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, like I don't know. I because I was excited about it when I heard that they were doing a new Power Rangers, and then it's kind of gone on, and and no one's really addressed what it's going to be. Well, there's never been like a clear like. Like Screen Rant usually, or some sort of news outlet, usually has some sort of post from the director being like, here's my vision kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, just for this news outlet, it's just kind of like news circulates about like what the kind of inspiration is or what the kind of clear uh, direction of the project is going to be. Like when uh, when, uh, Joss Whedon was talking about doing the Avengers, he was talking about how, like, none of these characters make sense on screen together. None of these characters make sense being in the same room together. And that's the definition of a family. Yeah. And that statement kind of clarifies for you, like, oh, okay. So that's his take on the Avengers. Yeah. And and so, like, because it's weird, because, like, all those news outlets, like Slash Film and Screen Rant and Cinema Blend and... and like variety and collider like all these places have been like giving this movie coverage 
like places that n- wouldn't give a movie that was like a a feature length version of a kids TV show style movie that much coverage. So I assume that it's a more grown up version, but yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't know. I could see it being kind of like a halfway point between the original show and the uh, Adi Shankar short. Yeah, kind of a midway point between like goofy and serious, which you know ideally would be like the Avengers. Yeah, but uh, unideally would be like I don't know. What's Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, Man of Steel is kind of an ex- an extreme example of like, yeah. what if we took a goofy character and treated him seriously? Yeah, it's like that seriously. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of which, that movie's coming out like in two weeks. That movie came out three years ago, Aaron. No, but the new one. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice League Part Zero. Yeah. Aquaman rises. Yeah. Oh, also Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, fun fact, I'm pretty sure someone or just you could uh, fact check me on this, but pretty sure the current director of uh, Wonder Woman previously was in the running to direct Thor 2. Um, Patty Patty Jenkins. Uh, No, I think Patty Jenkins dropped out, and it's someone else now. Someone other than... uh, Oh, wait, no. Because there was Michelle McLaren was going to do it. Right, yeah, she dropped out, and now it's Patty Jank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, she was. that's just a fun fact, because uh, uh, it kind of seems like they're giving Wonder Woman a similar treatment, kind of like an amalgamation of the Thor and Captain America treatment, where you take, like, a mystical universe character and uh, mix them in with, like, kind of... Uh, gritty setting, uh, Earth. Yeah. So it's uh, interesting that Patty almost did uh, Thor two, and now is like, all right, fuck it, I'll do Wonder Woman instead. He's only directed one movie prior to this, and that's Monster. With uh, with Charlie Theron. Yeah. Charlie the Ron. Yeah. Cool. Um. So we'll see. Yeah, I uh, I don't I I'm not terribly excited for Batman versus Superman. I am more excited for Suicide Squad. Um, mostly because like David Ayer is a I would consider to be a good director, and Zack Snyder I would consider to not be a very good director. Yeah, I mean. I can't remember if I said this to you, but I'm pretty sure I've said before. Zack Snyder kind of feels like a really great like art director. Yeah. Like uh he would be a really great guy to have as like a DOP or something. Like a really good second unit director. Yeah. Like if you're like, all right, we need some some footage for this action sequence. Get yeah. some cool shots. Yeah. You could do that. It's uh, it's tricky. I actually haven't seen anything by David Ayer though, so I can't uh, I can't speak to his quality really. Check out Fury. Fury. It's the the Brad Pitt tank movie. Right. From yeah. A couple years ago. Twenty fourteen, I think. Yeah. Um, and he also did End of Watch, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. Is that end? I thought that was uh, 
You sure that was David Ayer? Pretty sure it was David Ayer, yeah. I will double check that. But um, in the meantime, I really liked Fury. Okay, so David Ayer kind of feels like like a really good competent. Oh, yeah, he did. And Training Day. Oh, shit. Awesome. Yeah. So David Ayer feels like a really good competent director. and. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. He did not direct Training Day. He wrote it? He wrote it. Yeah, I think David Ayer is featured in a... And he wrote The Fast and the Furious. Whoa. Pretty sure he was featured in a documentary about Dirty Harry in which he was credited as the writer of Training Day, talking about the influence of Dirty Harry on Training Day. And he wrote the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle Sabotage. Cool. Which is that one with that chick from The Killing in it? Muriel... Enos? Enos? Anyway. Um, Enos. Yeah. So, so David Ayer is like a really proven, competent director, and uh, your argument is that Zack Snyder is less so? He's made some very pretty films with some very big problems in them. Right. I would say his best film is still uh, Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. That was... That's the one movie of his that I will revisit over and over again and enjoy. Well, it's kind of the least ambitious movie of his yeah. in a lot of ways. And I kind of want to see him go and do something like that again. Like, maybe don't do a huge effects-driven event film. Because I feel like doing those makes you a bad filmmaker. Because, like, I don't know, like 300... W well, it's like... Okay, 300 is fine because it's not really anything that anyone cares about in a way. Right, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, this is a movie about muscly guys with no shirts on uh, killing a bunch of Arabs-looking people in their underwear while they wear capes. Which was, like, super easy to get away with in cinema in 2007. Yeah, you can't do that now. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, no. no. It's kind of like how uh, it's way easier to get away with uh, a version of the Joker who's basically just a straight-up terrorist in 2008 than it would be today. That's why you have to make him a lunatic gangster in 2016. Yeah, yeah. But that shot of him firing the machine gun while wearing a tuxedo, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's prime. That's pretty good. Um. I, <laughs> I really like him... Uh, like daintily falling into the pool of whatever acid or whatever. Yeah. It just seems like the idea of like j the Joker falling into something like that, just like completely relaxed, something about that is yeah. just really uniquely, it just seems right for the character. And then like, so anyways, yeah, like, but like 300, like there's like no substance there. Like it's, it's all about the spectacle. And so you can kind of, if you know that going in, you can kind of enjoy it and be like, okay, well, there will be some fun action in this. The, um, what was his next movie? Watchmen? Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen is, like, fine. Um, I feel like he kind of missed the point of the comic book a little bit. Um, but, uh, like, he did, it was, it's okay. Um, there's some really good parts in it where I'm like, oh, I remember that from the comic book. I really like that. And then there's other parts where I'm like, oh, you you didn't really. That was not done so well. Like I I didn't really like the whole 
the the handling of Doctor Manhattan, I didn't think was the best. Um, especially like the the whole like origin story thing where he like there's like that whole chapter in the in the graphic novel where he goes to Mars and then he's like reliving all these different moments. Uh, in time, like in his life, yeah, and like the whole idea is that he perceives time all at once and he exists on in every moment in the past present and future at all times at once and that it kind of just does not translate into a movie as well yeah it's uh it's tough to say because watchmen the weird thing about watchmen is that it's fundamentally a movie that does not need to exist yeah and so the question of whether or not it's good is kind of a uh pointless question because it's like you know is it good and it's like well who cares like the book is good yeah uh, if you want a really really good version of watchmen you can just watch you know go back and read the book but uh you know the movie is like, basically like the movie it's is, watchable it's kind of how i would put it i don't know like i alternate some days some days i think like uh he shouldn't really have done this but uh other days, I think it's like you know one of the better superhero movies, and uh, I mean on a scale of like fifteen superhero movies, yeah, not top five, but one of the better. And uh, so I don't know; it's uh, it's tough to say. It kind of you know my mood on that one changes. Um, yeah, definitely. One of the uh, less talked about Zack Snyder movies, the one that he kind of seems to wish that everyone would forget. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You thought I was talking about Sucker Punch. I did, because Sucker Punch is awful, and that's all we need to say about it. Sucker Punch is awful, but Legend of the Guardians, we should watch the trailer, actually, at some point. Maybe you can, like, cut the trailer into this or something, but just actually, you know what? If anyone's listening, just fucking... Pause and go watch the trailer. (laughs) Just type in Legend of the Guardians trailer one, because... They used a uh, song from the band Kings and Queens, and it uh, works amazingly well with the animation. It's the same animation studio behind uh, Happy Feet. And uh, the actual movie is just kind of fine. Uh, yeah. Kind of like, it's just it's just such a fucking strange movie. Cause like, I've never seen it. Have you seen the trailer? I, I've seen the trailer, and my friend said that it was, like, some of the best animation he's ever seen. Yeah, like, basically, it's, a again, the, the recurring theme with Zack Snyder. You're just like, well, that looked really good the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, watching the trailer for that movie, actually, is kind of what um, made me think, like, oh, man, someone needs to pick up the uh, license to the Redwall books. Do you remember those? I don't. They were these series of books, and... They maybe it was a little bit uh, before your your time, but there were the series of books that were um, like fantasy, medieval fantasy books, but all the characters were animals. Um, oh, that sounds that sounds really familiar. Yeah, there was a cartoon show, um, like I think there was, or maybe it was a cartoon movie um, based on the first book, and I can't remember if there was other ones ever adapted, but. You could do like a really cool CGI movie, and there's like a whole series of books and about like these. Um, I think uh, Redwall, I think, is a monastery or a castle, but there's uh, there's some monks in it. Anyways, they're probably a monastery. But then there's like um, 
Yeah, just like like whole different characters that are like mice and foxes and badgers and and um is there a beaver? I can't remember. A whole bunch of different and they're all animals and they fight with swords. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah. And then there's Man of Steel. Yeah. Which is a movie that I want to like so badly because I feel like it comes so close to doing some really good things. Like I love the way they handled Lois Lane. Yeah. Um I like um uh like the the whole beginning on on uh, Krypton, I didn't mind. I love Michael Shannon as Zod. Michael Shannon as Zod is probably the one of the three best things about that movie. Yeah. Um uh like the whole the whole part like the opening scenes with him like being a nomad and like wandering around saving random people and stuff like that was all really cool there was that scene uh in the um elementary school where he's like first experiencing like his super hearing and um his x-ray vision and stuff he like locks himself in the closet and then like mrs kent has to like come and like help him out and like all this stuff where i'm like oh yeah this is going really good places but then like the thing that just kills it for me is jonathan kent i think they really mishandled jonathan kent well jonathan kent um is just like a terrible idea for a superhero's father like uh it's just uh like the idea of a father figure in a superhero story who's just like don't do anything ever well, but see, that's <laughs> that's not what Jonathan Kent is, though. Yeah. Like, like Jonathan Kent would never tell his son to not save someone. Yeah. Like that scene where he's like, "Well, what am I supposed to do? Let all the kids drown?" And he was like, "Maybe." I was like, "No, Jonathan Kent would never say that to him." But like the tragedy of Jonathan Kent is that he died from something that Superman could never save him from, which was like a heart attack. And that's like that's the uh, ultimate tragedy of Superman as a character is that every human is just eventually going to die no matter what. Yeah, like no matter what he does, he'll never be able to save everyone he loves from from dying, and that's something that he has to learn to accept. But like having him die in a hurricane or in a tornado, like yeah, like it's the stupidest thing ever. I get that it's Kansas, and you want to be cute with your reference to film history or whatever, but like. It's just a really fucking bad idea. Yeah, it was just awful. So that's that's the one thing with the movie where I'm like, oh, you were so close. And then, you know, there's the obvious thing where, like, they have this huge fight in Metropolis and uh, so many people die as a result of it, and Superman does nothing to save them. Again, like, I will always appreciate that movie for proving that you can make a Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> yeah. You just shouldn't make it while making a Superman movie. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you watch a movie like The Avengers, like Captain America is on the ground organizing the cops, trying to help them get people out of the buildings and, you know, get everyone into the subway stations and evacuate the city so that when, you know, uh, Iron Man does crash a giant alien whale, space whale, into one of the buildings and totally demolishes it. Chitauri mothership. Yeah, whatever. You're not you're <laughs> not like, oh no, ten thousand people were just killed. It's like, oh, Captain America probably got those people out of the buildings. Yeah. Well, it, that's one thing about Age of Ultron that was really funny was that because it was like the timeline is uh, 
the Avengers in May of 2012, uh, and then Man of Steel in, I think, June of 2013, and then Age of Ultron in May of 2015. And Age of Ultron, like, pretty deliberately was like, our entire mission in the third act is to save these people. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They beat you over the head with it. They're like, no human will be left in this city. Yeah. So that was that was pretty funny. It kind of felt like Joss Whedon being like, "Hey Zach, watch this. This is how you do it." Like that great scene where Quicksilver runs into the building with a machine gun and just starts firing into the air. Oh yeah, it's like everyone, you need to leave the city. And they're all like, "Okay." And then he like leaves and then comes back with a machine gun and just just like just starts shooting it into the air. It's like, "Okay, now leave the city." Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Boy, I sure like Quicksilver. Whatever happened to him? Yeah. I feel like they just needed him out of there because he would be way too useful in Civil War. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really hope Civil War is good. I feel like it'll definitely be fine. Yeah. And it'll probably be fun. I just want them to fucking kill someone finally and let them stay dead at least until Infinity War. Yeah. Well, I think they may have already ruined it in the trailers. Um, I really don't think that they would have killed, killed Rhodes. I don't know. Like, I feel like if they did that, it wouldn't have been in the trailer. Yeah. Unless it's in like the first act. That would be it's pretty like awesome. The opening of the movie and he dies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who would you put on your money dying? Uh, You know, I th- like it's not going to be Tony Stark. Not going to be Black Panther, obviously, because he has his own movie coming up. My my bet would be uh, Steve Rogers. Uh, Captain America. You think? I think uh I think he's going to die in Civil War and then I think he's going to the at the end of uh, Avengers Infinity War part 1 part 1 he'll be like resurrected. Well that's the thing. Thanos is going to have almost won everything yeah. but but the one saving grace at the end of Infinity War part 1 the one reason why they can't give up hope is because someone, probably Scarlet Witch, managed to miraculously steal one of the gems from Thanos, and the one gem that she will have stolen will be the gem that brings back Quicksilver and Captain America. And so the one, it'll be like Barbosa at the end of Dead Man's Chest being like, what's become of my ship? It'll be like, Quicksilver will say something like, uh, did you not see that coming? And uh, Steve Rogers will be like, what happened to my team? Yeah, and that'll that'll be the end of part one of Infinity War. So that's my prediction of 2018. Yeah, I think that could be good because then he'll have successfully been dead. Like Quicksilver will have been dead for three years, which is just long enough for it to be like, oh wow. Yeah, actually, that would that would not that wouldn't be bad because then you could actually like introduce Captain Marvel, and have her be the new leader. Mm, excuse me. Uh, be the new leader of the Avengers, um, and then, you know, stuff can get real. Well, like, probably, like, Tony's, people like Tony Stark and uh, Bruce Banner can be, like, and the Vision can be, like, taken prisoner by Thanos over the course of Infinity War Part 1. Yeah. To the point where it kind of feels like, how the fuck are Ant-Man and Scarlet Witch gonna and Black Panther going to save the day in part two? But the way they're going to save the day in part two is because these other Avengers have come back to life. Yeah. Well, I mean, Thanos has to steal the uh, the soul stone from the Vision's forehead at some point. Do you think that will kill him? 
It might. I'm not sure. I don't know the canon very well. I don't know if that kills vision. Yeah, I'm not super up on on my vision lore. I'm also like people assume that I'm really into like comics and stuff. I'm I'm not super knowledgeable on like Marvel comics history or DC comics like history. Like I have certain like books that I've read that I've enjoyed, but like I couldn't tell you the grand history of the Avengers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um I mean being formerly a large bearded man, I uh I shaved my beard. Um <laughs> being formerly a large bearded man, I am still quite large. I uh I am one of those guys where people just kind of assume like, "Oh yeah, so you're into like comics and video games and stuff, right?" You play World of Warcraft all the time, right? In your mom's basement? I do. I, you know, my, you can reach me at, you know, orgrimtheconqueror93 at gmail.com. Um, but no. <laughs> Some poor guy is going to get emailed. <laughs> 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 Just like, hey, is this really Aiden from the podcast? No. <laughs> what? What podcast? Yeah. Sorry, Orgrim the Conqueror. Um, That'd no. be great. All right. No, I. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really into video games. I'm not that big into comics. Uh, but you look the part. Yeah, I really, I really, really do. Yeah. Um, I could, I could see you at like a comic con, being like, "Do you have a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 129?" And like that would not shock me. <laughs> if uh, as as if taking <laughs> the mind gem would be enough to kill the vision. <laughs> as if. Okay, clearly you need to brush up on your vision. Did you not read Avengers uh, 236, written by uh, Kurt Busiak? (laughs) Kurt Busiak. (laughs) Kurt Busiak. Kurt Busiak. I thought you were... Kurt Busiak. (laughs) Kurt Busiak is like like Shazam. (laughs) And now I spin three times and say Kurt Busiak. (laughs) (laughs) Become the superhero (laughs) Kabruziak. It's like Bjork. It's one word. Oh yeah. There's a there's a movie that (laughs) that that, there's a movie. Speaking of Kabruziak and Shazam team up, uh, there's a movie that doesn't seem like it'll fit in with the overall scheme of uh, DC. Is Shazam? Fucking Shazam. Yeah, I know, right? How are they gonna turn uh, Ace of Butterfield into the Rock? Ace Butterfield's not hasn't been cast. I'm just trying to think of like the wimpiest person I could think of, and that's that's yeah, no, yeah. Well, The Rock isn't actually playing uh, Shazam. No, he's playing Black Adam. But, but yeah, isn't Black Adam supposed to be like the like the mirror version of Shazam? Black Adam was the uh, previous uh, possessor of Shazam's powers, I think. Oh, okay. And I don't really care about shazam that's why i'm asking well that's that's <laughs> the weird thing is like why shazam like why make that movie well he used to be called captain marvel oh shit yeah and wow. then marvel was like well we should have a character named captain marvel which is why the original captain marvel was marvel oh yeah like m-a-r dash v-e-l-l yeah um who was a i believe he was a cree yeah, uh, Mem- a, m- member of the Cree race. He was a member of the Nova Corps, right? Oh, maybe he was a Nova Corps. We're getting yelled at. Like, there's people at, on their computer listening to this screaming the answer at us. Yeah, right now. Like, he was a fucking 
he was a scroll, you fucking idiots. How could you not know this? Like, sorry. I don't he inadvertently know. created the Chitauri. Yeah. Captain Marvel, to me, is Carol Danvers, okay? Sorry. Like, that, that That's good. That counteracts your uh, miso- <laughs> misogyny for hating Ghostbusters. For hating Ghostbusters? Yeah, no. Did you notice they didn't actually put up a title card for Ghostbusters in the trailer? They just had the logo? Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder, like, are they ashamed? Like, do they not want to call it <laughs> Ghostbusters? <laughs> They're like, well, we can't. This this isn't very good, guys. We can't put the name on there. Like, they can't decide if they want to call it Ghostbusters or, like, Ghostbusters 3 or, you know. The new Ghostbusters. Yeah. The new and improved. The, the f- further adventures of the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Murray approved Ghostbusters. Yeah. Apparently he has a cameo in the movie. Yeah, him and Dan Aykroyd, I think, both have a cameo. Dan Aykroyd's alive? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's more surprising yeah. than Quicksilver coming back. <laughs> 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 it's just Scarlet Witch will bring back. You know, that could actually be a thing in Infinity War Part 1, is if by that point they've developed Scarlet Witch as having a relationship with Vision, and then the Vision dies in that movie. Ooh, yeah. And then her, like, you know, she it's kind of her arc for that movie is that she lost her uh, her fiancé, but she got her brother back somehow. Yeah, her robo-lover. Yeah. Yeah. We both just imagined <laughs> our own individual robo-lovers, and that's what that silence was. I was actually imagining the porn parody of Avengers Infinity War Part 1. Yeah. Infinity Whore Part 1. Mine was in Fuckity War. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? If I'm in the porn section of the video store and I see Infinity Whore and in Fuckity War, I'm renting in Fuckity War every time. Yep. Oh. Wow. Okay. Um, So, uh, basically, in summation... (laughs) the currently untitled Ghostbusters film, Aaron is undecided about his opinion on it. Yeah, really on the fence. I can't decide if I don't care or if I kind of care. (laughs) The Ghostbusters is going to be like our Ninja Turtles 2 of this episode. There was that one episode we did where we just kept going off on tangents and then coming back to like, so in summation... Ninja Turtles 2 looks all right. Yeah. Well, the fuck... I could go on about (laughs) fucking Ninja Turtles 2. The fucked up thing about that movie is that it had no right to look good. Yeah. But it kind of looks good. I know. What the fuck? It's like if the next Transformers movie comes out and it's like, holy crap, it looks like they actually tried. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. But Michael Bay is doing it again. That's what... I just don't... I don't understand. He hasn't wanted to direct a Transformers movie like since 2009, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. But he keeps doing it. He's even like gone on record saying, like, you know, I would like to do more original movies, but it's just so hard to get a movie like 13 Hours Financed. Meanwhile, they're throwing Transformers 5 at me. <laughs> did you see 13 Hours? I did not. Neither did I. I heard, it, I heard it super long. Yeah. It's like classic Michael Bay movie where it's just way too long. No, it was a joke about it being 13 hours. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Whoosh. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too quick. I would catch it. (laughs) Uh, I am not a thesaurus. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
it got surprisingly good reviews from some people whose opinions I normally trust on movies. And then this made me question everything that I believe. Um, yeah. They, like someone gave it five out of five. Wow. Uh, and I was like, who, like someone whose like opinion I normally would trust. Although he also recently put up a tra- uh, trailer review of the Ghostbusters trailer in which he's like, yeah, you know, it could be good. It looks kind of funny. And then the guy he was doing it was the schmoes no, by the way. And the guy he was doing is uh, the other guy was like, dude, I know that you want this movie to be good and like you want to like it, but it does not look good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, I think you may be forcing yourself to. <laughs> I think the thing with thir- laugh. 13 hours is that it's just. Like it's again, it's one of those things where like it's relatively good. Yeah. I don't know if he'll ever make a movie as good as The Rock. Yeah. Again, I would like him to go back to making that kind of movie where it's like a movie that I don't care about anything that's involved with it. Like I you know, it's not a like a pro America propaganda movie. It's not a um a bastardization of a beloved children's cartoon just like it's a movie about navy seals and he casts some weird actors in it i think uh nick cage and michael bay may actually be like the perfect duo that never really fully realized yeah because i feel like they like nick cage seems like the kind of actor who really needs a director to say like okay dude no and uh, Michael Bay seems like the kind of director who would never say that to him. Yeah. And so Michael Bay would be like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm just going to blow up this building behind you. And Nick Cage would just be like, okay, yeah, do it. And I feel like if they had been allowed to like keep working together. Yeah, like, Okay, yeah, sure. Let's just, let's just get it done. Like, I'll sh- be screaming, what in the name of Zeus's butthole, while you blow up that building behind me. Yeah, like that just sounds like the perfect uh, combination. Yeah. Of like mayhem on both fronts <laughs> yeah oh yeah um because like i w- i watch the rock a couple times a year probably yeah i really like that movie a lot it's kind of perfect in a lot of ways yeah like it is it is i would call it a guilty pleasure movie but like i feel like i don't need to feel guilty about liking it like i think it's like like armageddon is a guilty pleasure movie yeah but The Rock is just awesome. <laughs> like, uh, if you haven't seen The Rock, go check it out, people. Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery need to break into Alcatraz to kill a bunch of rogue Navy SEALs. Do I need to say anything else? And they're led by Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, the, the, rogue, yeah, the, the rogue Navy SEALs are led by Ed Harris. And if they don't stop them in time, they're going to blow up all of San Francisco with a deadly nerve agent. Yeah. And it's scored by Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Oh, and Michael Bean leads the the group of SEALs that goes in to stop them, but then gets killed. Spoilers. Yeah. It's scored by Hans Zimmer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You really ruined the opening credits for those people. Yeah. There you go. No, there's Ed Harris has uh, a really beautiful line of dialogue at right at the start of that movie where. Uh, you know, it's like kind of inspired by the writings of like Cormac McCarthy or something, where uh, it's about like 
conveying as much character as you can with as little exposition as possible. There's a scene right at the beginning of The Rock where Ed Harris, dressed in his uh, Navy gear, uh, or, you know, uniform, goes up to uh, his wife's grave and says to his uh, wife's grave, and, you know, you gotta think, like, how do we tell the audience that he misses his wife? And so uh, Ed Harris's first line in the movie is, uh, I miss you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, it's just, like, a really great lesson in, like, how to convey, like, a character's <laughs> inner thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And it's scored by Hans Zimmer, and it's just it's just great. You gotta, you gotta see The Rock. Okay, we're making it sound stupid, but it's actually amazing. It's really fucking good. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, though. Um, I just want to watch The Rock now. Yeah, in summation, I wish The Rock had won Best Picture. Yeah, what did, what was it up against in 1996? Like, oh man, uh, lost, lost in lost translation. What? Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, maybe. What Other Nicholas Cage movies. What else came out that year? Uh, lost World, Jurassic Park. There, I think there were a bunch of movies that weren't The Rock. I remember that. Yeah, because The Rock kind of stood out as like this gem that no one cares about. Among, really, among yeah. poops. Yeah. Analyze this, perhaps. Analyze. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Well, because there was two. Right. Analyze this came first, and then analyze that. Right. Yeah. And later. And then analyze three. <laughs> Revenge of the ana- analyzed. Analyze again. And then there's the gritty reboot that kind of streamlined the title. Anal. Ooh yeah. Yeah. That was. The hardcore reboot. Yeah. From 2013, directed by DJ Caruso. Yeah. Huh? There's just something inherently funny about DJ Caruso <laughs> directing stuff, because he's, he's, he's one of those guys where, like, he's not Michael Bay, but he kind of seems like he's Michael Bay. Remind me again what he did. Uh, Disturbia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Eagle Eye. I am number four. Oh. Yeah, he's kind of... He's like Jonathan. Oh. Uh, DJ Caruso is to Michael Bay as J.J. Abrams is to Steven Spielberg. Oh, okay. In the yeah. sense that they are worthy successors to a previous person who is more famous and did what they want to do way better than they do it. Yeah. Okay. Have yeah. fun deciphering that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good. That was that was a very well put. You didn't really insult. J.J. Abrams too much. Yeah, it's... He also really insulted D.J. Caruso (laughs) and Michael Bay a lot. Yeah, which... Because, like, comparing J.J. Abrams to Steven Spielberg is, like, kind of accurate, but also kind of unfair. Because comparing anyone to Steven Spielberg is kind of unfair. Yeah. With the exception of, like, you know, Scorsese and... Zemeckis. Hitchcock and Zemeckis and... Yeah. Ron Howard? Not really. No. 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 Ron Howard is like I can't think of any comparative directors. <laughs> <laughs> he's kinda he's he's Richie Cunningham. Yeah. Um There's a there's a lot of directors from the eighties who like could have been like Abrams level or Ron Howard level. 
guys, but they just seem to kind of peter out instead. And it's uh, Joe Dante. I was thinking of Joe Dante. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I was thinking exactly of I was thinking of Joe Dante for uh, the Burbs and Gremlins and stuff like that. Gremlins, man, does not hold up. <laughs> Isn't there a crazy scene in that movie where a lady talks about the saddest Christmas story in existence? Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> the best scene in the movie. Is Alyssa Milano talking about why she hates Christmas, and it's because one Christmas her dad dressed up like Santa and tried to go down the chimney, but slipped and broke his neck and got stuck in there. And then, like two weeks later, they like like they've been noticing the smell. Yeah. And so, like two <laughs> weeks later, they pulled her dead dad's body out of the chimney and that's why she hates Christmas (laughs) that's why she hates Christmas and it's fucking incredible and you're like wow that doesn't that has no place in this movie we should make people read that at auditions (laughs) oh my gosh yes that's a really good idea holy shit (laughs) oh yeah fuck okay next time we audition anyone for anything we need to hold auditions for something just for that purpose. We could just hold some auditions. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we don't have to cast anybody. Cause, you like, know, as long as we send out a nice rejection letter to everyone. Sorry, we canceled the movie because you all sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even have to tell them that. Be like, sorry, we've gone in a different direction. Oh, this would be so good. Then we could just... It could, dude, it could be a meta movie. It could be... We could film... Because we'll film all the auditions. And then we could just put those up online cut together I mean, like unsuspecting people reading the Alyssa Milano monologue from <laughs> Gremlins <laughs> thinking uh, they're auditioning for a real movie but really it's just this <laughs> we're making a movie oh can I read for your movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh, yes 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 you will you will read for it I made a joke about wanting to audition for the role of Flower Girl in uh, Matthew Marioni's Deer in Headlights concept. Oh, yeah. And I made that as a joke, but after the fact, I thought I couldn't get over how fucking funny it would be if I was actually cast as the lead female character. Like if you were the best choice. Yeah, like... Like, if, if objectively, you gave the best performance. Yeah, like, they <laughs> they they judged the casting process from a place of, like, pure uh, gender neutrality, and they just yeah. said, just give us the best performance of the role of Flower Girl. And I just gave it my my all, and they were like, you're hired. You, pran- <laughs> you prance down the aisle throwing flowers... Left and right. It's not that kind of flower girl. Well, I don't. I didn't read the script, dude. I don't. <sighs> okay, I tried dick. to read the script though, and the Google Drive thing did not work on uh, on the Indiegogo page. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. I should. Uh, I should look into that because if uh, if that's a recurring problem, that could be bad for uh, Matthew's campaign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we should plug the campaign, though. Uh, you are executive producing this thing. Yeah, which means I will take exactly that much credit for <laughs> it when it is made. Um, but no, I uh, I have a long history of uh, supporting and occasionally being very confused by Matthew. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I have a connection to this project, too. Actually, he just gave me a shout-out on Facebook the other day about... Uh, He's doing a, a TV show adaptation of his uh, short film, Deer in Headlights, which I 
um, was a story editor, script editor on. Um, featured in a uh, yeah. in featured featured briefly in a uh, documentary that I uh, produced. Uh, it was directed by Austin Wrench, in which we uh, sort of analyzed the process of making. Yeah, uh, which I was interviewed in. Yeah, we and did some sound mixing on. Yeah, we interviewed you uh, talking about the process of like discussing the script uh, for Deer in Headlights with Matthew and kind of just being confused by like why the nachos need to exist in the script at all. Yeah. Oh, it's a great, it's a great scene in the documentary. Yeah. Um, documentary is live on Vimeo. You I was just gonna say, it. is it is it up? Uh, whose page is it on? Uh, it's on Austin Wrench's page. Uh, I think that there is also a link to it on the. Uh, Deer in Headlights Indiegogo page. Yep, right here. Sticking okay. out like a sore thumb, 55 minutes long. Oh, the whole thing is nice. Okay. So, yeah. I'll I'll try to put uh, links in the show notes. Um, I'm having a bit of trouble with getting the audio player to show up on the actual, like on the blog site. It shows up in iTunes okay, but it's been uh, a little bit finicky. But I'll try to put it, you can access the show notes on iTunes as well. But anyway, um, go back to Deer in Headlights briefly. Yeah. Um, it's just like uh, it was a short film that was uh, written by a friend of ours, Matthew Marioni, in uh, 2013, and he went up to Vernon to shoot it, and I was actually there filming scenes for uh, a documentary I was making with Austin Wrench. And uh, so both that original short and the uh, documentary that we made are both now finished, but uh, Matthew is still enamored with the uh, concept for Deer in Headlights and has reimagined it as a TV show pitch, which... Uh, the pilot, he is currently trying to uh, crowdfund um, a budget for, and he has an Indiegogo page that is live currently, and I think it is open until April 1st. Okay, so you got like uh, a month. Yeah. Just under a month to fund that, so that's exciting. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes um, in the description there, and I'll also put a link to um, other stuff. Yeah, and um, we'll Austin's page probably. Yeah, we talked about that, and then uh, oh, we should announce also we finally released our short film, uh, Henchman, which yeah. we shot last January. Yeah, January first uh, and second of um, uh, twenty fifteen, we shot it, and uh, it's been uh, finished for a while. But we were uh, going through a process of sending it a few places and now that process is finished and we have made it available online yeah for all of y'all to watch and uh you can look at it and be like hey cool i listened to those guys yeah it's good i um i'm pretty happy with how the film turned out and it's just uh it's nice to finally be able to just have it out there and not have to worry about you know waiting i hate waiting find out you know did we get into this festival did we get into that festival whatever it just it's out there now everyone can see it yeah that's also just and the this kind of i'm i'm i like I'm, I'm happy to move on from it in a way yeah it's uh it's always interesting when people ask you how you feel about projects that you did in the past because uh from my own experience i have a very I have a relationship with projects that I did in the past where pretty quickly i start to um, not resent it, but I'm very much like I have nothing more to give this. Yeah. And once you run out of things to contribute to a project, you really need to just let it exist. Yeah. Like, uh, there's nothing. There's like, personally, I have like 
like that movie Wolf that I shot with you in uh, August of 2015. Yeah. That's a really good example of a movie where pe- people ask me like this like hypothetically like people are always asking me like yeah. um you know what I think of it and uh the response is just like I am very very happy with what I wanted that movie to be in August of 2015. Like uh, I'm not it's not that I'm unhappy with it now it's just there's kind of a feeling of like okay and there it is in the past done and like if i made it now it would be fundamentally different and if i made it six months from now it would be even more different and it's just it feels good to have a project just kind of like stapled into a point in history a point of your history and then just kind of left there forever yeah I I don't know because I had I had a couple like weird experiences with like showing henchmen to people. Oh yeah. Like I showed it to my family early on, and um, I mean like they all said it was really good, you know. But it was kind of like you can't really trust what your family says because they're all a bunch of liars. Yeah, they're a bunch yeah. of um, disgusting liars who just want you to feel nice. Yeah, and yeah. Y- you can't rely on them to give you any kind of criticism. So, like, that was good. But, like, so, like, you know, they all said they really liked it, but it didn't really, like, there was a couple of, like, really, like, like good laughing moments. Like, people usually laugh at the Captain Apollo moment at the very end with the elevator. Yeah. Um, without spoiling anything. People really like that moment. And, uh the the well, I am not worked up that moment people think is really funny as well but um you know and so I, like I showed it to I have done a couple different like screenings where a lot of people wanted to see it and I was like okay well like I'll just show it to you at my house sometime and sometimes it played really well and like there was a lot of laughs and other times it played very very dry and no one laughed at it and yeah that's really weird I don't like showing my movies to people awkward yeah, I I hate showing my movies to people, especially yeah. like people that I know closely because yeah. usually by the time I've finished a movie, I've been talking about it with my friends for a long time. Yeah, and sure. There's a really weird feeling of just kind of being like so that's that. That's like, like I remember I showed it to some people at my birthday party last year. Right. Which was super weird. Like they all asked to see it. It's not like I was like, "Hey guys, let's all watch Henchman." Like they're like, "Oh, is it done? Can we all see it?" And I was like, Ugh, fine and then like that was the first time that matt had ever seen it too really he was in the movie hmm. um because he doesn't check his email or facebook ever where i was like hey guys here's the movie and the private link and the password where you can watch it and download your own copy of it he didn't get any of those messages i guess so um <laughs> so you know like i showed it to them and like that was just kind of awkward but i don't know i've kind of gotten over it a little bit like i just showed my documentary um at the end of January to a bunch of people and that actually got a really good reception um but I just kind of went to the back and sat in the back and let everyone watch it and um just kind of like you know I like to like sit in the back and like kind of gauge people's reactions and you know people were laughing at all the right moments and not laughing at the wrong moments which is always good yeah so yeah that one's uh that one will be online Hopefully soon. I've sent it to one festival. Which one is that? Uh, it's called Playing Folk Songs is Easy. It's a documentary about the band O Village. Um, you can see a couple trailers for it on my Vimeo page. And I'm working out a way to uh, distribute it online. Um, do like digital rentals and stuff like that. 
Cool. Um, there's a couple different places that you can do it, and they cost various amounts of money. So, um, yeah, I've sent that one to one festival though, and I'm, I'm waiting to hear. I was supposed to hear on February 28th, and two days ago they sent me an email saying, "Hey, hold on, we're gonna email you next week sometime, letting you know whether or not you got in." So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's good." Um, so. Yeah, we'll wait to to see about that. Either way, there should be an announcement about that movie coming in uh, a week or so. Cool. Yeah. Um, we've kind of done all the kind of plug stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of um, deer in headlights or anything like that? Or deer in headlights Indiegogo page is live currently. Feel free to donate as much as you can afford, and uh, if you can't afford to donate anything, please uh, share the page in your social circles. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, fun, a fun little idea for a show, and uh, the guy, the guy at the center of the concept, Matthew Marioni, is a really, a really nice, funny dude, and uh, yeah. it feels good to it feels good to support people who are just trying to work from a place of sincerity. Yeah, and um, definitely. And uh, Henchman is uh, finished and live. You can watch it whenever you want. Uh, playing playing folk songs is easy. Playing folk songs is easy. That will be uh, live in the future. It's currently uh, in submission process at some places. Yeah. Um, I should hopefully find out by next week. So then I'll be able to say, okay, we're playing at this festival. And then it'll be live after that. And if it doesn't get into that festival, then I'll uh, have to come up with some kind of way of doing digital distribution um, either through uh, Vimeo or VHX I'm kind of looking at both of those at the moment so cool. Sticking Out Like a Sore Thumb is a uh, documentary that I made with Austin Wrench that is currently also live on Vimeo uh, Yeah, check that out short film that uh, you helped me make uh, Wolf uh, starring Robbie Carley that's currently live on my YouTube account you can check that out whenever yeah. and uh, a movie that I shot uh, last Saturday with uh, Alex Robichaud and West Vandenberg is uh, currently being edited by me. That will be uh, finished uh, sometime soon. That's a uh, very strange short film that I haven't talked about that much that uh, will be very fun to watch. That's the one that you sent to me that I read? I don't know. I've been writing a lot lately. I can't remember if I sent it to you, which is kind of an awesome place to be in creatively. With a really weird meta one? Uh, no, that, that's a that's something else. This, oh, okay. this one is about a uh, a guy who gets a uh, phone call from a telemarketer, and he's kind of not into it. He's just kind of like trying to be polite and stuff, and then all of a sudden the telemarketer starts saying some really weird things to him. He says like, "Ben, if you hang up on me, you'll lose your one chance to be happy," and it's like, "What?" And then he just starts referring to Ben as like a sack of meat, and he just starts asking him like, "Do you want to improve yourself, Ben?" You want to make yourself better. And it just gets really weird and demonic and horrifying. Dude, this sounds like a David Lynch movie or something, man. It's it's <laughs> it's really freaky. I can show you some of the like footage. I'm just imagining that scene in is it Lost Highway where he like phones his own house? Uh I haven't seen Lost Highway. Um <laughs> uh, I can't remember which one. With like the really creepy dude with the white face. Oh, the guy like shows up at his party. Yeah. And it's just staring at him is like is like, How did you get here? I've always been. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's like, like oh, <laughs> uh. yeah. So it, uh. that's uh, that's a really fun movie, and it's it's fun because uh, 
at a certain point in the evening when we were filming it. We actually sh shot it right here in my uh, living room. And uh, at a certain point in the, in the evening, I was able to turn to Alex Robichaud, my DOP, and just say, like, okay, now just do whatever in terms of lighting. Just make it look crazy and funny. And he was like, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, like, the best thing you can say to a DOP. Yeah, it's the, it was so... Yeah. <laughs> I can actually... Yeah, it was... It was really funny. We had this crazy, horrifying... We had horrifying YouTube videos playing on the TV while we were filming it. So I was able to just be, like, shouting the script at the actor while my actor's, like, writhing on the floor and we're, like, flashing <laughs> lights everywhere. It was a really, really fucking crazily fun movie to make, and I'm really uh, looking forward to being able to share it with people. So, Oh, dude, yeah, I'm excited now. Look forward to that in the uh, future. It's called uh, One Month Trial. Cool. And oh, and I've started doing, uh, or I'm going to start doing, um, video essay stuff on my YouTube channel, on my personal YouTube channel. I just did one uh, about Star Wars, and I'll probably do many more about Star Wars. Um, but this <laughs> one's all about Darth Vader and whether or not he is, uh, being uh, perceived as too overpowered in the in the current literature and. Uh, potentially in the upcoming movies right okay and uh, whether or not that uh helps or diminishes his character so stay tuned for that um and i think that's uh pretty much it uh you're on twitter that's probably the best place to find you i'm on uh i'm on twitter uh at that whatever you say macaulay aiden you know just yeah macaulay aiden on twitter i'm usually active there and uh I also have a YouTube account, and I also uh, post uh, like video essay kind of stuff here yeah. and there. And uh, I'm on Facebook, email. Although I guess I shouldn't put out my email on just like a general podcast. Yeah, probably it's, not. It's probably not wise. Uh, um, my my email is uh, orgrenthekonqueror93 <laughs> at gmail dot com. <laughs> oh, and you feel like at like at live dot com or something <laughs> stupid like that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, if that dude is out there getting emails from people, we're so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Dawson Funk, um, and uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. It's just Aaron Dawson. There's nothing on it at the moment though, um, but I will definitely be tweeting out uh, when there is stuff on it. So uh, stay tuned for that. If you like Star Wars and um, are interested in any of my other short films, I'll probably put. Um, stuff like henchmen on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that, and links will be in the show notes. And um, yeah, until next time, have a good week, I guess. Ghostbusters, not three, but something looks uh, really, really good. You heard it here first, folks. That yeah. movie looks fantastic. Yeah, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs>